the unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. This is the 2020 schedule release version of the unofficial Bengals podcast, and we're going to have Tom McLevy stop in and weigh in on the schedule himself as well. I'd like to thank our sponsor, at Bengals Highlights on Instagram. Really cool highlights set to some modern music. Definitely something you guys got to check out. All right, let's get on to the schedule. 2020 Cincinnati Bengals schedule. Ah, man, I love when the schedule comes out. It's such a fun time of the year. You get to start planning how the rest of the year is going to go, what games you're going to go to, when the bye week is, the primetime games, any 4 o'clock games, who you're playing week one, so you can basically get geared up all summer for that team that you're going to be facing week one. And I guess I'm not alone in the excitement about the schedule because NFL Network had like a four-hour program dedicated to the schedule release. So it's a time for NFL fans that's a lot of fun for us, and it's an exciting time. A lot of people make predictions based on the schedule, and that's always fun to do. You start running down the list, oh, win, win, loss, this is going to be a win, this is going to be a loss. But in reality, that's really not worth that much at this point because you just don't know what's going to happen in the regular season. Like, for instance, we're saying we're probably going to lose to Baltimore twice based on their 14-2 and record. But what if Lamar Jackson gets hurt and Mark Ingram gets hurt and they have some injuries on defense? You know, maybe you're saying we're going to split with Pittsburgh, maybe sweep Pittsburgh. Well, what if Ben Roethlisberger has an MVP year? You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. But everyone likes to do the predictions. It is fun. And a little bit later on, I'm going to give you my opinion on what I think is going to happen. But really, none of it is worth anything because we just don't know how the season's going to shake out. And again, we don't know what's going to happen with the state of the world right now, if the season's going to start late, if we're going to have a preseason, if they're going to push back the season, maybe play the first four games after week 17. There's a lot of variables that are going to come into play this year, so we really don't know how it's going to pan out. As far as the preseason goes, I think the most important things for us to accomplish in the preseason, A, is stay healthy. That's all I care about in the preseason. I watch these preseason games, and all I care about is please don't have anyone get injured. I know it's a time for development, and there will need to be a lot of development, but I'm just rooting rooting for no injuries. And, you know, in the past, I, I never liked playing on the turf at Detroit. I never liked playing on the turf at Indianapolis, so I'm happy that we're playing Indy at home. That Falcon game, Game 3, that's exciting because it's going to be a nationally televised game. But I don't like the turf down there either. That's that just That game just reeks of injury for me. So regardless of me being afraid of every injury, I think this is the way we should approach the preseason. We need to get these defensive starters together and playing as a unit. So they're going to have to see some time. And the other thing is we're going to have to develop Burrow as much as we can during this preseason. So my plan for Burrow is a pretty standard plan for quarterbacks. I say that week one, you pop him in for a series. If it's a three and out, you pop him in for two series. First play or two, let him hand off the ball. Let him just get used to taking a snap in an NFL stadium and get the jitters out. I wouldn't have him just bombing the ball downfield in that first game. You know, maybe a couple passes, but no more than a series or two. And if the first series goes long, get him out of there. Game two with Burrow, I would say you want to play him a quarter at least. You know the way it goes. The first game is like a series or two. The second game is you play the first quarter. The third game they play a half. And the fourth game you sit them. That's pretty much what I think they should do with Burrow. So that second game at Minnesota is going to be good for him because he's going to be able to play against a good defense. So hopefully he gets to play a quarter there and really come along in his development. The third game, as we know, is a big game for starters. They play usually 
all the first half and maybe come out of the locker room for the second half just to get used to that dynamic. So that's going to be a good game for him to get a lot of development. Again, that's one of those fields I'm a little worried about injury, but I'm not just going to live in fear all the time. We do need to get him out there and throw on the ball and get used to the NFL. As far as the fourth preseason game, you think, well, rookie quarterback, let him get in there, develop him a little more, get him a little more experience in a game. But I say just keep him out. Because if you put him in, you're going to have to put all the starters in to protect him. So now you're really leaving your whole offensive unit susceptible to a game four in the preseason injury. And that's something that we just don't want. All right, so on to the regular season. I made a few notes on the schedule based on some of the stuff that I look for and some of the key points and key games on the schedule. So a couple of things that I analyzed about the schedule are... One, they only leave their time zone once the whole season, and that's pretty good. You don't want to have your team flying all over the place, going out to London, hitting the West Coast twice. They're going to Houston in late, late December. So for the most part, they're not going to be traveling out of their time zone until the very, very end of the season. So I think that's a good factor in our favor for this year. We have 13 1 o'clock games, my favorite time. I just love that 1 o'clock on a Sunday I don't know, there's something about it that that's just football, you know. Sometimes when they have those 4 o'clock games, you're a little worn out from watching the 1 o'clock games. It's a little bit later in the day. Your anxiety builds a little bit. I kind of like that first thing in the afternoon, bang, 1 o'clock game. With that said, game 1 is a 4 o'clock game, but we only have one of them. And we got the two primetime games. You know, we figured we were going to get one Thursday night, kind of like everybody does. And, you know, they decided to match us up with the Steelers on a Monday night. Let Joe Burrow shine. So I'm really happy they gave us that second primetime game. That's going to be a real fun one. Really good to be home game one. I'm surprised that they made it a 4 o'clock game. I guess that's for the Chargers fans. We don't get a lot of game one home games, as you know. I I don't know the exact stat, but I think maybe one time in the last seven or eight years we've been home week one. I just don't know how it's fallen that way. It's not a conspiracy, but man, just a random bad luck on not having any game one home games. But this year's different. We have one, so that's good. As far as Game 1 and Game 2, that's going to be big for us. Both of those teams have good pass rushers and good defensive lines. we got to worry about Bosa. we got to worry about Miles Garrett in Game 2. So Jonah Williams has got to be on his game. I know that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for the rookie. Get the guy some help because the last thing I want to do in Game 1 or 2 is get Burrow blasted by, by Bosa or Garrett. I know Bosa sometimes plays the other side. But they're going to mix around. They're going to find the weak tackle, and they're going to send him at Burrow full force. And the other thing is, you don't want to have Jonah Williams lose his confidence by getting killed by Bosa and killed by Garrett game one and two. It's a very pivotal time for him. It could be a very good learning experience, and it could get him a lot of confidence if he does well against those guys. And it could actually shatter his confidence if he doesn't do well against those guys. And the last thing I want is to see Burrow go down week one, week two, because our offensive line wasn't ready for these great pass rushers. So that's a real concern for me, are those first two games regarding our offensive line and the pass rushers that they're going to be facing. Another thing I analyzed about the schedule, which I thought was really in our favor, if you look at weeks six through nine, there's like no travel in those weeks. It's really good. We go to Indy, which is a car ride away, and then we're home, home, and then a bye, and that's before we go face Pittsburgh for the first time. So when you think about a team getting into its groove, being relaxed in their own element, that basically one-month span is really in our favor. Gives guys a chance to rest up. They're at home. There's not much travel. You got the home field advantage. You get yourself all geared up. You get the bye week, and then we go to Pittsburgh and hopefully blast them. 
And that brings me to the buy, perfectly placed buy. You know, for the bad luck that we've had as far as not having a home game in week one, typically, we always seem to get a good bye week. We always get it in that, like, seventh, eighth, or ninth week, which is really good. You want to have it midway through the season. That way, you get to rest up for that after that first half of the season. You get to game plan for the final surge at the end of the season. So having a bye on week eight is excellent. So when I look at the schedule, I'm always wondering what's the key to making the playoffs. We need to split with the AFC North. If you can't win your divisional games, you really don't deserve to be in the playoffs. You're probably not going to get too far anyway. So let's get out there and try to win three. I know it's going to be hard to take one from Baltimore. And if we don't, that means we have to take two from either Pittsburgh or Cleveland. And that's not impossible at this point. Another key to our season in making the playoffs is that Washington Giants-Dolphins run. I know that two of those games are on the road, but I think that all three of those games are winnable. And if we can hit a 3-0 and on that span, that's going to really boost our chances of getting in the playoffs. Going back to my previous point, you want to split with your division. Let's get a split with the AFC South. Let's get a split with the NFC East. A split or better. But if they just go 500 in those games, and then you beat the Chargers game one with maybe Herbert at quarterback... And then you face the Dolphins with Tua, and you might catch them. You know, those are two teams that are semi-rebuilding themselves. So if we split the other games and win those two games, that puts us at 9-7. And and with the expanded playoff format, 9-7 is probably going to get you in. Let's be honest, 9-7 and gets you in a lot of the times anyway. But if they're going to have seven playoff teams, I'll feel pretty good about a 9-7. and So I think that's going to be the key to our season. we got to basically split with the divisions and then take those two games from those two teams, and and off we go. Again, you don't know what's going to happen this year. Some of the good teams may be bad. Some of the bad teams may be good. Because when you think about it, when other teams are looking at their schedule, they're looking at Cincinnati and saying win, 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 win. Right. So if, if everybody in, in the league is correct about, well, we're all going to beat Cincy, then we'd be 0-16. Right? And then the Dolphins would probably be 0-16, and the, the Skins would be 0-16, and the Ravens would be 16-0. and We all know it doesn't go like that. Again, that's the danger of of just running down the schedule and trying to make predictions because it doesn't always pan out like you think it's going to. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So what I like to do is I like to separate the season into four blocks. Although you want to take it game by game because that's the way that you have to approach the schedule. You can't be looking ahead. you got to face the opponent that's in front of you. You know, that's how sometimes teams get into those trap games where they lose a game against an inferior opponent because they're thinking about the team that they're playing in two weeks. We need to approach this season game by game, especially coming off the 2-14 and 14 from last year, and especially coming with a rookie quarterback and a fully revamped defense. It's going to be game by game, learn as we go, get better as we go. But for the sake of this, let's break the season into four blocks, because I think that's the way, if you can compartmentalize a season like that, you can get an idea of what you need to do to get to the playoffs. So if you take those first four games... Home against the Chargers, at Cleveland, at Philly, home against Jacksonville. You gotta take two of those games. If we want to be the team that we all think we can be, and we're all thinking we're gonna be, you gotta beat Jacksonville. And, you know, you gotta take out the Chargers at home week one. You gotta hope that Burrow's further along on the chain than Herbert is, and you just have to hope that their defense doesn't kill us. That's a key game. We win that first game. We take the game at Jacksonville. Now you're two, now you're two and two. And that's not to say we're going to lose at Cleveland or at Philly. They're both very winnable games. But I don't want to be totally unrealistic and just think that we're just we're just going to blow every team away that's on the map. 
we go two and two those first four, that would be good for us. Then we go to Baltimore. We're at Indy, home for Cleveland and Tennessee. Now, this is that stretch I was talking about where you don't have a lot of travel. So they are going to have a comfort level. And hopefully after those first four games, Burrow is really settled in. And Jonah Williams is really settled in. Maybe Higgins starts making a mark. Maybe the defense starts gelling a little bit more. So when you face that second block, Baltimore, Indy, Cleveland, Tennessee, there's a lot of tough games in there. Let's try for a 2-2 two and two there as well. We'll give Baltimore the win. At Indy, anything can happen. It's, it's not that much of a road game. They're right there. They're a good, solid team based on a running game and a defense, so they're going to be a problem, but not unwinnable. And then you got to beat Cleveland at home if you want to go to the playoffs. If you, if you can't do that this year, then you probably don't deserve to go. Tennessee, another team. They run the ball well, and they play good defense. So we're going to have to get in that mode during this stretch of stopping the run, which is why we got all these new defenders and scoring a lot of points ourselves during that time. So for that stretch... Let's try to go two and two. I don't know, you know, let's hope that Cleveland's the one win, and then we gotta we gotta steal a game from Indy or Tennessee. So now you're going into the bye in a perfect world, or at least the world that I'm spelling out, at four and four. You rest up your injured players. Again, you haven't done any traveling in a month, so everyone's pretty geared up. Now we go to Pittsburgh for a little bit of a war. I don't know what Pittsburgh's gonna be this year. I always think they're gonna be bad and they just never are. So I, I can't tell you what's going to happen with them. I don't. I think Roethlisberger is pretty much near the end. We all know that, but he always seems to pull out some excellent performance, especially against us. So when we have that Pittsburgh, Washington, Giants, Miami stretch, this is going to be the crux of our season. Let's prove that we can beat Pittsburgh. I'm, I mean, we've been their punching bag for the last few years, and that drives me absolutely crazy. So even if we take the loss at Pittsburgh, you go to Washington – home against the Giants, you go to Miami. You got to go 3-1 and one in this stretch. This is the key to the season. 500 in that first block, 500 in that second block. This is the block that you go 3-1. and one. Now we enter the final quarter of the season. Three out of four games are at home. Based on my formula, if we go 2-2, two 2-2, and 3-1 two, two and two, and in the block I just mentioned, we go 500 in this block, and that's 9-7. That's, that's playoffs. So what do we have? We have Dallas at home. It's going to be a very tough game. Love him or hate him, it's going to be a very tough game. Again, another team that runs the ball well and plays pretty good defense. Pittsburgh at home, ESPN, 8-15, primetime game. Let's do it. That has to be our stamp. That's going to be, let, let's not just win that game. Let's 34-7 to those guys. We do that, that's momentum. Especially, you know, if we're flirting around 500, maybe a game above 500, maybe a game below. We go into Pittsburgh and wreck them. That would be really big for our confidence. The fan base would love it, and it would totally be able to propel us towards the playoffs. And then you go to Houston. As I said, the one long road trip of the year. I think the flight to Miami is about two hours from Cincinnati. I think the flight to Houston is about two and a half hours, and that is the one game where you bounce out of your time zone. Anything can happen there. I don't know about them. Watson's probably going to have a great year. They're probably going to play decent defense, but we just, I don't know what, what they're going to be having at the skill positions there. You know, you could probably, a lot of people would probably give them a loss there, but I don't know about that one. And then final game, home at Baltimore. I guess you could look at it a couple ways. One, all right, Baltimore's a better team. We're going to have a hard time beating them. Yes, I agree. You could look at it as, 
Baltimore might have had things clinched and has nothing to play for. Maybe we get one of those kind of wins. Or maybe we just are hitting full gear and all my optimism and dreams come true. And we just go and bounce Baltimore at home. Baltimore comes in. We're ready for him. We figure out Lamar Jackson. Maybe he's hurt. You know, those running quarterbacks, they eventually get their bell rung. So we see what happens week 17. On paper, probably saying a loss. But I don't know. You know, if if we want to step up and be the big boys, that's the game to do it. That Pittsburgh game and that Baltimore game in those last four. Burrow would have 13 games under his belt before he hits Pittsburgh that second time. And he's already seen Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So let's hope that he progresses like we think he is and we know he's capable of. And we go into that last quarter of the season and just wreck our divisional opponents at home. Even in, in a not perfect scenario... If we go two and two in those last four, that fulfills my prophecy of nine and seven. Nine and seven takes us to the playoffs. If it's a playoff road game, so be it. If you're there, you have a chance at the Super Bowl. McLeavy Minute. All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you today? Good, Frankie. How you doing, pal? All right, man. Um, So what are you thinking about the schedule for this year? First thing that jumps off the schedule is the bye week perfectly right in the middle I think they did Cincinnati a favor by doing that for Joe Burrow to make him give him a mental break in that halfway point so that's the first thing that jumps off at me the second is I think the top part of the schedule the first four games I mean they could go two and two but you know, we've been friends for a while, Frank. And in the past, we used to do, oh, win-lose, win-lose. But it never ends up the way we predicted. So the first four games, I think the Chargers or the Browns will win one of those. The Eagles, I'll give a loss. And then the Jaguars is a winnable game. So just hopefully the team comes out not flat, energized, and Joe Burrow can really excel with this schedule. And, you know, game five through eight, lose to the Ravens and the Colts. I think they're just better teams. And plus, they're both away. The Browns' home is winnable. And the Titans also is winnable at home. And also, Tannehill was on that roll last year. I think he's going to revert back to the last time he came to Cincinnati with Miami, and he basically blew that game for Miami. So the first eight games before the bye, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, after the bye week, you got the Steelers and Redskins both away, but the Redskins winnable. Uh, the Giants is a winnable game. Uh, I don't think the Giants are that good. The Dolphins... At Miami is winnable. Start in December. It'll still be warm down there. Good break just to get away from the cold in Cincinnati. The Cowboys, you you look for a loss. The Steeler game is interesting in Week 15. If Burrow's getting on a roll now, he's used to the NFL by now. The two teams hate each other. That's a winnable game. The Texans is up in the air. I don't know how good or bad they are. And the last game against the Ravens at home, 
by that time, the Ravens might have clinched a playoff spot, but also they might not want Joe Burrow to look good. So overall, it's a nice schedule. Um, it's a new era. So uh, hopefully year two with Zach Taylor will produce some good results. Tom, that was a great analysis of the schedule. It sounds like you have them between seven and nine wins. Where do you think they're actually going to fall within that range? So seven and nine, going 500 in the division would be a successful season. Tom, great analysis as always. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, my man. Okay, Frankie, take care of yourself. That'll do it for this episode of the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Next week is going to be a special episode where we're going to have Seb Talk Sports on the program. And he's a gentleman from the UK, an excellent broadcaster. And he's going to discuss the NFL's transition and potential move into the UK, how the UK feels about the NFL, and why the Jaguars are the UK's team of choice. I'd like to thank our sponsor, at Bengals Highlights, on Instagram. And there's a bunch of other pages that I want to give thanks to because they're just some good guys that have been spreading the word about the team. Bengals Junction, Westside Hooday, Bengals Talk, Bengals Center, Hooday Analyst, who's already appeared on the podcast, Cincy Strong, Hooday Nation News, of course, Zim Hooday and Stripe Hype Bengals, and Trey IDK, who gave me some pretty cool insight on John Ross for last week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.